Welcome to How Did You Manage That? A podcast where we talk to music managers about their journeys, the lows, the highs, and everything in between. I'm Sophie. And I am Ali. Thank you for clicking play again on what is now episode 10 of How Did You Manage That? And this episode, we have got an unbelievable manager for you. Someone whose journey into music management, I think, is unique in all the episodes we've done so far. And what she's done since getting into management is equally as unique and as successful. This episode, we are speaking to Vicky Dowdo, who runs VDM Management. She has got an incredible roster with fiercely independent artists like Nina Nesbitt, Olivia Sebastianelli, and her brand new writer, Robbie J, who are all making so many waves in their own right. But so much of that is down to the encouragement, the insight, and the good, strong, no mess and hustling that Vicky adopts. She's an incredible manager and someone with a story that I think anyone could learn from. And me and Sophie met her a couple of weeks back in London on a really warm day down at her offices that she shares with Crown Management in London. If you want to tweet us while you're listening, the Twitter handle is at ManageThatPod. It's the same for Insta as well. So let's get on with it. How Did You Manage That is a podcast brought to you by the Music Managers Forum, aka the MMF and AWOL. Right, we are in very leafy, very lovely West London and we are in the offices of VDM Music and we're joined by Vicky Dowdle. It is lovely to see you. Lovely to see you as well. Um, tell us a little bit about VDM. You're the CEO of that. You look mm-hmm. after the brilliant Nina Nesbitt and mm-hmm. Olivia Sebastianelli. Mm-hmm. And who else are we working with? Um, I've also got a new writer called Robbie J, who is just signed to Cook and Vinyl Publishing, um, which is exciting. And I also consult on the amazing Ella Henderson and got her new deal with Atlantic Major Toms um, at the back end of last year. So I'm overseeing that project, and which is She's about to start going, so it's yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Great. So you are you're in a world of different management, different campaigns. I'm gonna jump in with a total big question. What do you think it means to be a manager in twenty nineteen? Um have no life. <laughs> <laughs> um what it means. Well, I think in management is a massive responsibility. Um you know, and, I, and and it really is. And I think I've always worked with young teenagers like Nina and Olivia, and and that is a big responsibility because you've got someone's career and they're trusting you. And um, but to be a manager in 2019, I feel like you're the manager, you're the publisher, you're the label, you're the agony aunt, you're the best friend, you're the counselor, you know, the therapist. I mean, everything all together. Yeah, ev- everything, and uh, you know, and especially um, when you do independent. Um, releases as a manager it's a lot it's a lot of work a lot a lot of work and you know you've you've got to have contacts your own contacts within the DSPs within radio with it and you end up just doing everything yourself especially if you're a control freak like me because I'm like well at least I know I know I've tried my best do you know what I mean so but to be a manager in 2019 is I, I think you've got to wear about 20 hats that is probably the best way you could sum it up um so let's talk about your route into management where did you get started? How did you fall into that? Oh, I was trying not to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> or when, you know, your first client, you could even say that? No, I'm, I, I, no it, it's, re- it's relevant, okay. so I will. But <laughs> I started out as an artist. Um, I was signed to Pete Waterman 
when I was 19. And we got sent to London Records. Tracy Bennett signed us. And um, it was a girl band. Uh, I mean, you can imagine it was all full-on PWL pop, which I loved because that's what I... I you know, Kylie Jason, Banana Rama, yeah, you know. So, yeah. you know, to turn up in Pete Walkman's office when I was 19, just left college. Was, Looking at all the discs. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Stars. <laughs> I remember um, our lawyer saying to us, this is a, um, not like the best deal to sign. And I was like, I would actually pay to sign. I was so, <laughs> I was just so happy at that time to be, you know, yeah. I come from Gates, you know, Council Estate and Gateshead, and I'm suddenly. I mean, you know, I was just so happy to be oh. in that situation. And so I did that band and then I, I was in another band called Girls at Play. Brilliant. I know. It's um, a classic girl band name. And I was, um, <laughs> and it was the at sign because I think it was just when emails were starting. I mean, it was that oh, long wow. ago. Um, There's so many people going, what's that symbol? What's that symbol? <laughs> at. Head, head of the curve. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I did that band. And we had a couple of top 20s. And, um, and that's when I experienced, you know, touring and the TVs and the radio. And, and, I, and that was kind of my entry into, into, into music. Then after that project, I decided to do, because uh, I was a dancer as well, I kept ending up in these girl bands. I was like, right, I'll, I need to move on from that. So then I started a new project that I basically was um, managing because we didn't have a manager. And I ended up getting our music at that project, LA Reed, and um, then all these American labels started calling me and then all the UK labels, and I was 21 at this, at this point. And then at that... You're an old hand by this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that didn't work out um, for various reasons, um, but I got a real buzz from um, all the behind-the-scenes stuff. You know, and when people tell you, oh, you're never going to get that person. I mean, I think I got into Simon Cowell's office, I, you know, Ellie Reed's office. And it just made me realise that anything is possible, you know. And I came from, as I Gates, I didn't know anyone in the music industry. Um, and my journey was through as an artist. And then I just naturally went on to management. And then I started looking for acts that, um, that I would just, I just fell in love with. And I came across a, a band, um, my friend was in a, a, a songwriter and he wanted to put a band together. It was called The Rise. And I started managing them and got them signed to Christian Tattersfield. And then I found Olivia Sebastianelli when she was 13. 13. Um, so it had to be, because I was an unknown manager, it had, uh -huh. you know, I obviously had to find things early that I believed in. And, um, and then it takes years. Do you know what I mean? Years and years and years. And then various other, other projects I had and within... Um, it was a couple of years of developing them. I got everyone a deal. Pub I did seven publishing and record major deals in within three months. And then the industry started answering my calls. You know what, like <laughs> answering my emails. And um, well, like, who is this Vicky getting, you know, and, and, who, and I just, yeah. And I mean, I, I guess... Um, that was what it was all about getting deals then you know now it's changed from that and now I've learned it's not all about the big advance and it's all, you know and the, you know you learn a lot from all that experience but that's how that's when I set up the company up that feels like when you say London Records that's like the kill all your friends era isn't it it totally it was. was like, like yeah. just deals 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 yeah. it just seems like and one of the things we just interviewed Zion this morning and he was talking about how he feels it's changed so much that you have to look at career longevity now and how your yeah. artist or your writer, whoever you represent, is going to be able to make a living and, yeah. and buy a house and feed their kids and all these things. Whereas yeah. back then it was a little bit more just about getting a giant advance as quickly as possible. Yeah, and you learn that, you know, that... And also as a manager, you're, you know, a standard management deal of 20%, that 
doesn't it doesn't last long and then you know then they've then got to pay that back so it, it has changed and you've got you've really got to think of the different revenue streams as a manager as well and um yeah and it, it, it's it's difficult on it is uh-huh. i think the, the management model in 2019 and i think a lot of people probably feel the same it's difficult on the 20 percent Oh, of course. Mm. I think one of the amazing things is obviously because of what you've done and how you got into management and the fact that you're working with artists from a very young age, you know, as a testament to you putting your whole person into the people you're working with. And I think obviously when it's the popular end of things and especially with younger female artists, it's very much like, let's put all the money back into it. Even nowadays, I would say, not, not quite as bad as the Kill Your Friends days, but still it's very much like, oh, this has got to work or it's gone. And I think the greatest thing about the artists that you're working with is it just grows and grows and grows. And different labels of partners might come and go, but the constant is you and what they want to do. And, you know, we were talking earlier, like, I think I think I maybe gave Nina Nesbitt one of our first radio sessions when I was working at BBC Introducing. You did, yes, thank and you. And she was like 15 or 16, 16 then, maybe. Yeah. And you could tell instantly that she had something. She already had a following. Mm-hmm. She already had a bit of a team in place. But there was still that genuine, just really good songs at the heart of it, you know. And she was was she touring with Ed at the time, or yes. just that was just about to happen. Yeah, and then an example, and she did the covers. Yeah. Yeah, and that felt, even though it was definitely pop, it felt like an authentic thing that mm-hmm. was all coming from a good place. And mm-hmm. that seems to have been sort of your mantra as a manager. Definitely. When you said you you met Olivia Sebastiani when she was thirteen, mm-hmm. did you start managing her when she was thirteen? I not um, yes, but not kind of in a you sign a you know didn't do anything like that. I, I told her to go away and write some more songs, and she did, and then it went from there. It was when she was about fifteen we officially. Um, 14, I would say 14. Because yeah. it's really interesting. I think now people, especially because obviously we're more aware of, of mental health and the stress and strains it can take on young people, how how did you take on what was essentially just, I mean, 13 is still a child to me, like such a young artist. Did you have to meet her parents and explain to her how you were going to help them and, and really gain their trust? Because I suppose as a parent of a young artist, you would be a bit like, who's this random person who wants to come in and essentially make money off my child in a way? That's what you are doing. Mm-hmm. How did you do that and how did you convince them and also sort of have that conversation with Olivia that meant that she was wanting to take you on as your manager and they trusted you and they moved forward? Um, I think it all, it all happened quite naturally, actually. I, obviously, I had a lot of meetings with, mm. with the parents and with, the, with Olivia because she was so young. Um, and it was a, she wrote one song, it was called Hold You, and I, I was sent it. And first of all, I said, that is not... Um, she didn't write that, 13, and that <laughs> is surely not her voice. And then she, um, I met her, and she's this little emo. Like, she, you know, she wasn't a Britney Christine Aguilera kid. She was like Rage Against the Machine. My badge, Chemical Romance. Like, yeah. Yeah. The fringes and, across. Yeah, and, and, I, and I, yeah, so she went away and wrote, wrote more songs, and then I just had this instinct. I, I have to, you know, have to look after her, and then met, all the, met the parents, and I said, look, let's just start, um, why don't you start writing um, with other people? And you're trying that out as well. Um, so she started doing the co-writing thing. So I said, go and pick her up in Croydon on my weekends. Um, and because she's at school. And drive at sessions. I used to sit either in the session or in the next room. Um, and this went on for most of my weekends of my uh, late 20s. And and um, holidays. And yeah, so I did all, you know, so a lot of, you know, it took like good two, three years of developing it and I didn't even go for the record deal it was very weird how that all happened um I think all the writers started telling the A&R how good this this kid was um and that was it it just all went create you know every label every publisher 
all went you know ridiculous and um and then when we did the deal um unfortunately the, the guy that signed her wasn't in the label very long and then she ended up being in that you know situation we actually went to see the new president of the label and said can you just let her go because it's it this is not yeah. In fact, we didn't even want this this early, yeah. you know, and, and, he, and he did actually let it go. But then the industry at the time were like, oh, oh, that didn't work. Because yeah. it was quite a high-profile deal, and I was a new manager, and it was... And that's a risk, yeah. And, and I was like, well, what do you mean? Didn't work? We didn't release anything? Yeah. We've not even started. I was <laughs> like, what? I was, and it really pissed me off, that attitude of, like, this... How You know, what, career's over? I was like, no. Yeah. So we had to reset, and, you know... I got her out of her deals and everything, and then still everyone was like, "Oh yeah, that didn't work. Olivia didn't work, did it?" Like that, it, it, just instantly, I was like, "Do I need to change her name? Do I need?" And I was like, "No." I was like, I'm, "You know what? I'm going to go to America when no one knows who she is." I went to America, played them two songs, and um, she got flown over the next day to LA, and um, she got offered a deal. This is in publishing because she was at this point deciding she wanted to be a writer for a while. Um, and then the guy, guy that signed Ed Sheeran's publishing, actually, um, he said he'd never been as excited since he'd heard Ed Sheeran. That's what he said to Aww. me. Um, and did then, you sign Ed Sheeran, this guy? He did sign okay, Ed Sheeran. Pu- publishing. <laughs> yeah, publishing. And then he um, flew her over, and then she got another five offers. So old, you know, Olivia, old news. Yeah. Became Olivia, like hot Olivia again. And um, But the point of all this is the fact that I never stopped believing in her. So um, sometimes as a manager, you get doors just shoved in your face and I just think you've got to um, keep banging on them and find one that's going to open if you believe in, in someone. And it was so lovely to realise um, I wasn't just being stubborn. Yeah. Uh, actually, I was I was right. Cool. And um, yeah. yeah. A I lot of them. managers we interview talk about blind faith. They're like, you've just got to have blind faith. You you just got to, you're going to get knocked down more times than you're going to go up in yeah. this industry. And you just got to keep on going. But it was interesting. That's a very, I don't know if it's a very British thing. I suppose it happens in the US as well. But if someone gets dropped, they do get a bit of a scarlet letter on them, even though they sometimes mm. are dropped and they've, they haven't even released an album. Or they haven't done anything. And I think that's really, that's interesting. And that's almost another role of the manager, isn't it? To to be that champion and that therapist to pick their artist up because unless the artist desperately was like I just want to leave I want to go and they're happy mm-hmm. if they get dropped it can be quite especially if you're a young artist it can be quite detrimental to your ego and oh, your mental health def- no definitely and, and uh, she was put off for a while and as was Nina after her major you know deal um, finished with Ireland she went into a really dark dark phase and and, and, and similarly, she was like, I just want to write for a while. Because I, I, I said it to both Nina and Olivia after the, the the label ended for them. I said, look, what what did you start doing this for? What did you start doing naturally as a kid, sitting in your bedroom writing songs? And you used to love that. And, and it was all about that. You didn't have all of this bullshit to deal with, you know? I said, so why don't you go back to just writing? And then you can figure out what producers you like working with or figure out what you're good at you'll write with other artists and you'll be like oh well I'm she's good at that but I'm good at that and and it'll just happen and that's kind of that's what happened to Nina totally it's yeah. amazing uh, it's so important to just talk about that and, and like let people know that that's exactly what happens and it just takes that grit and determination of going we've got this let's take a bit of time mm-hmm. yes some people might stop emailing you back but guaranteed the minute you start doing something they all come crawling back and it's like it's, it goes in waves in the do I mean we couldn't um, find a producer even a producer to work with Nina so she taught herself to yeah. produce Amazing. so the first track we put out um, Nina produced it mm-hmm. um, and 
you know, in every label, normal. I couldn't even get, I couldn't even get basic funding. I mean, we, it was like that, that project didn't work yeah. type of vibe. So, um, and, me, and me being me stubborn, I was like, nah. I was yeah. like, just get your music right and we'll, do you know what I mean? We'll, we'll figure yeah. it out. And then Cooking Vinyl came and, they all, and really liked the thought of going independent. And um, yeah, and we did the deal with them. Do so. you feel like, obviously with your experiences from being an artist up to all the way through with the artists you work with today and seeing all sides from the massive major pop things to a slightly more independent style of doing things or taking things out of Britain and going to America, do you think now because things are going more independent there is more of a confidence and more of a respect for an independent kind of setup than there was maybe even five years ago? Definitely. I think because I think everyone understands even in a major label, how hard it is to break an artist. Um, never mind an independent, you know, yeah. manager. I mean, a, um, I've got one person who works for me. Um, it was just me for, for years yeah. and years. And then in Cooking Vinyl, a label services, and they're, they're amazing, but it, I knew a lot of it was going to fall on me. Uh-huh. And again, that was a massive responsibility. You know, I was like, well, wait, what do I need to do? What do I? Yeah. And so, you know, when we decided we were going to go the independent route, I was like, right, streaming. Uh-huh. I need... You know, I need to at least be able to open every door possible I can for Nina. And then it's down to, obviously, it's all about the artists and the songwriting and the songs. But as a manager, all you can do is open the door for them. Then yeah. it's up, you know, up to them. So I spent a lot of time going back and forward from America, forging relationships with people across DSPs. And, you know, and, and I, f- I found that really useful. And I've seen, I've seen I think it was for Nina, uh, the tweets of the photos and the Instagrams <laughs> of the photos of Times Square yeah. and her music being there. And yeah. was that YouTube or was that Spotify? Spotify. It was Spotify. It was Spotify. Yeah. We also had it. We did have a one from Apple as well. There you go. Yeah. And that's very nicely done. And Amazon. You've got to be fair to everybody. <laughs> and Amazon. But, but that couldn't be any more of a testament to you going out and hacking those things out because those things don't just happen. Mm. That is someone knocking mm. on the door and going, you've got to believe in this artist. Yeah. And that's a testament to it. If you've got all three of them, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> but that must mean so much even for because yeah. it feels like you do see quite a lot of artists getting it yeah but i can't imagine what that feels like to be an artist and to go Times square mm. it's like the bonus ball it was one. amazing <laughs> and we were in new york at the time and it was a moment and our fans came and yeah. um to see it and uh, yeah it was you know you've got to celebrate these little mm-hmm. milestones and um because yeah it was it was amazing and she got asked to do the very first um spotify collaboration single um uh-huh. that she yes. did which that was awesome as well it was really good um so yeah so we just feel really lucky that we've had the support from them. Um, uh-huh. Did it, you see anything tangible off the back of that Times Square thing? Because obviously it's a big promo for the artists and it's a big promo for the platform mm-hmm. as well. Did anything tangible, like, was, did you get an invite to anything? Did anything come because they saw? On, honestly, <laughs> I think those, the billboards are about perception. And I think they're awesome for mm. that. But I think probably... Digital spends are more important these days. But no, but keep the billboards coming. <laughs> yeah, keep them coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in this this sort of a really sort of interesting position where the door's getting shut, which is making you feel down, but mm. you've got to keep the spirit up for the artists yeah. so they don't feel down. You're literally in this really quiet, I suppose, we do a lot on the podcast talk about mental health of mm. artists and managers and how they can look after themselves better. And I always think that some people don't realise what a strain that can be mm. because you've gone to a meeting, it's a no you're sad because you know it's it's a rep- some people might think it's a representation of them and what they haven't presented the artist in the way they mm. should have but then you've also got to go back and tell your artist you know it's going to make them sad but mm. you've also got to 
pick them up again. And I think that's how do you handle? I mean, you've had a lot of experience working with lots of different artists in the time, and obviously you were an artist yourself, mm-hmm. so you've experienced knockbacks and climbs. Yeah. How do you? sort of look after your own mental health these days I mean obviously you're you're a mother now as well congratulations thank you so (laughs) obviously you go home and maybe family a switch off time for you but um Mm. how do you look after those and also manage that for for you and your artists as well yeah I mean I've got a real problem with switching off um (laughs) welcome Welcome. I I really wish um, my husband gets so frustrated with it because I'm you know he says oh it's the three of us again and the three of us is me him and my phone you know he sees the back of my phone you can apologize in the pod if you want I'm I'm sorry Lee Um, (laughs) and yeah and I like to the thing is you you start getting so many emails if you don't Mm. deal with it there and then they get missed and Mm. I don't want to I'm really trying to not be that person that doesn't reply to people that what people did to me, mm. you know, and you can't, you know, it's hard to do that, but for, it is hard for the mental. Like, I go for walks with my dog, um, you know, exercise, I drink wine, lots of wine, Great. which is probably not the best thing to do for mental health. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Everything in moderation, that's what we say. Drink responsibly is what they say at the bottom of the adverts, don't I was they? actually thinking of bringing yeah. a bottle of wine in the day, and I thought <laughs> that might look like, be amazing. Like, like, like alcoholic. Um, no, um, but... For my artists, I always... To be honest, if I'm feeling down, I probably wouldn't let them know. Mm. i probably hide it from them. Because if I go into a meeting or I send an email with music and I get either a no response or a negative response, when I was a younger manager, that used to really... Um, that used to get me down. But to be honest, now, I think it's because I've kind of been on a journey where I've had... A, it, it, it hasn't worked with um, certain labels like like with Nina or, or Olivia and then I brought them back up and, and it shows that uh-huh. it's just because it, it doesn't mean you can't do it it means you can't do it with that person do you know what I mean so if someone says no it's just a no for them and actually my attitude now yeah. is which might sound um, I don't I don't know might, might come across the wrong way but, but if someone says no to something that I believe in I just say oh that's a shame that they can't come on the journey with us then yeah <laughs> Great way of thinking of it. I, t- I, I kind I of you, t- I thought when you said don't never forget, you could say, "All right, wanker." That's what you're going to say. <laughs> no, but com- you. Com- <laughs> com- companies, companies change priorities. People change priorities. A new boss comes in, and it's like, "No, we're going this way." Exactly. So we're yeah, not. yeah, of course. Exactly, and, and and actually, but music is an opinion. It's an opinion. It, it, it's everyone's opinion. It, 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 I don't even think there's a right. I mean, of course, there's some shit out there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but there's not like. A, do you know what I mean? It's not always a right, yeah, yeah, yeah. A right and wrong. And um, it's so, subjective, isn't it? At the end of the oh. day, it's down to what you grew up on, your experience, your exposure, all oh. these things. So how can you quantify it into? I think that's where labels struggle. Major labels is they're always trying to quantify, look for what's similar to this, so it could be a hit. But that's not yeah. how. No. We're, more, we're smarter than that. But it's like the Billie, the Billie, you know, Billie Eilish is amazing, but we've got a Billie Eilish. Yeah. So why don't you? Exactly. Why don't you find exactly. something that it is new and doesn't sound like anyone else? So then everyone's trying to be what you've got. But every, totally. But sometimes they're scared of that, and yeah. I, I do think it should. I know everyone looks at the streamer numbers and everything, but what about just going back to is this? amazing is this uh-huh. act amazing because yeah. some acts can't fund themselves at the beginning it's just mm-hmm. so difficult but I just yeah and that that kind of leads us on quite interestingly to something that Nina's always had from day one an audience yes she has I would argue she's one of the first that really galvanized like getting an online YouTube audience before anyone else had kind of done that and Absolutely. it was you know she's a product of her generation I suppose yeah. but we I mean I remember working at Radio 1 and being like whoa, this is good, but also, whoa, she's got a mad fan base on Twitter and we want some of that. 
And yeah. how have you seen the kind of, because Radio 1 definitely did support Nina and still do, yes. heavily when I would say maybe other stations or brands or DSPs might have walked away mm -hmm. after a certain amount of um, support. Mm -hmm. How do you see that now, like the radio landscape in the UK, how important do you see that alongside someone that's got an audience already? I think, uh, you know, I, I think... You need. I still think you need everything. I do. I mean, I know I've, with the Billy story, it was radio came a lot, lot later. But I think it. I think it is important radio still in the UK and in other other countries because profile it leads to you know TV still look at that. You need all of it. Do you know what I mean? Uh -huh. If you can have all of it, then you're in a in a, in a really good place. But mm -hmm. yeah, Radio One have been really supportive and um, yeah, and stuck with us yeah. as well. So yeah. And when she was doing that, and she was doing a lot of YouTube, and she was following, yeah. how active were you in guiding her with what she was doing with her audience, or were you just like Nina would probably end up being the head of marketing? <laughs> some she <laughs> was, is just amazing at that stuff. She's naturally. I mean, that's how I I found her on on um, on YouTube, and I was like, my God, she's amazing. And, the, and a weird thing happened a week later. I was on a photo shoot with another artist and um, I think it was a makeup artist on that shoot. It was like, oh, wow, I know this um, this girl who's looking for a female manager. Um, she's called Nina. I went, not Nina Nesbitt. She's like, how do you know? I went, I found her online last week. No. And I actually downloaded her first live take e EP. Amazing. And I, and I thought she, I was, and I was like, she is amazing. And uh -huh. so then... And obviously we we end up um, working together, yeah. but she is just naturally good at that. And she still is. Like you know, if you see her on social media, yeah. it's just it. She's grown up doing it, totally. so she built her audience herself. Yeah. So Noah had absolutely no hand in that whatsoever. Brilliant, and that's <laughs> such a nice thing to be able to play off alongside the music. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. She taught Lewis everything he knows. Did <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she? As if they're doing it at the same time, but it felt like she was one of the first that opened those doors for like the Lauren Aquilinas yes. and the Gabby Aplins mm -hmm. and um, we have with the publisher we have Orla Gartland yes. signed, yes. who's amazing and incredible on socials. And I just see that and I think I always think of the first and I always think of Nina as that mm -hmm. first thing I ever saw in Lime Road started to do something and had momentum. Yeah. And I think that's really amazing that she had that. No, she, I mean, yeah. she, and I think everyone notices Nina um, for that in the industry and actually a major label contacted me and asked if Nina could go in and talk to their digital team. That's awesome. <laughs> that's amazing. And I, I was like, you won't be able to afford her. Okay. Yeah. There's, a, there's a good manager right there. <laughs> but I was like, no, we're not going to share share her secrets with you. No, yeah. but um, she's absolutely, and she, you know, she is the hardest working person I know, and she's so driven, and it, it is all about for me like, drive and determination. It, you know, and talent. You need all of them. You can be the t most talented person in the world if you haven't got the right attitude. You're not going to make it. I've learned that along the way as well. Of when I've, you know, artists have come and, you know, and gone or were part of company, and it, it's the attitude and determination is the most important thing. Yeah, and the hunger for it mm. needs yeah. to be there. Let's talk about the role then of consultancy management, because mm -hmm. that's quite different, I suppose, because mm -hmm. you've not gone on that big long journey. Mm -hmm. I would imagine. How do you find that? Um, I, yeah, it's really it's, it's brilliant, especially. What I've learned as well from, from my different things I've done, um, I can't work on things I'm not passionate about, um, even if it's, you know, even if it's a money thing, because I, I just can't, because I think the way I work and when I go in and have meetings, I am, you can see the passion in, 
and you can't fake that. Do you know what I mean? So um, when um, I got approached about working on Ella Henderson, I was like, I absolutely love her. And I know that she's an amazing songwriter, which is also important to me as well. And a lot of people do not realise what she's capable of yet. So um, I am really excited for this next phase and with Atlantic, who are amazing, Major Toms. Um, so I'm really excited about working on that. But yeah, it's just, a, it, it feels the same, to be honest, as, as you know, Good. Yeah. my other, you know, Ella signed to Crown. Uh-huh. And I just feel very privileged that I've been asked to work that's great. On it, yeah. it seems like a really sensible way to do it as well because every campaign, no matter how good you are as a manager or how good you are as a marketing person, sometimes it's good to just have a different perspective. You know, and maybe it's a new campaign, you're like, let's just get a different take. Mm-hmm. Let's do a different thing. Yeah. And then if you see that passion, so it must be quite yeah. flattering to be asked no, really, to come in. Really flattering. And um, and I think uh, Mark's got so many other businesses going now and, um, you know, he's smashing it and, and, to be at, and to be trusted to do you know, to do that, it, it definitely, and it's 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 going to be, the music's great. Oh, that's good. I can see the excitement in I your know. eyes. <laughs> and is it useful for you because you said that at the moment you just have one other person that works for mm-hmm. you, but have you with Ella, you've got the, the staff at Crown to help mm-hmm. you as well if you need to. Yeah. And so do you find that takes a lot of weight off now because you've got a bit of a management company behind you to help you on that side obviously you consult on on management decisions mm-hmm. but you've got that's a bit more of a machine there as crown the people that work for crown on mm-hmm. the daily and um things. i um haven't because we haven't started properly yet mm. in terms of like the campaign i haven't tapped into it all yet but i think it w- it's going to be yeah, it's going to be very very useful in um but I am a bit of a control freak, to be honest. So, <laughs> um, I might, uh, yeah. So I do like to do things um, myself. I've got an amazing assistant as well. Who I work, you know, with them on Ella. She's brilliant. So yeah, no, it, it just feels the same, really. It's got to feel the same because I have to feel as passionate, and I yeah, do. Yeah, of course. So yeah, of course. Yeah, she's an incredible, incredible songwriter. Yeah. How, this is, I'm going to be so, you think you're northern, I'm properly northern. <laughs> We've obviously interviewed a lot of managers who are from London, mm-hmm. because the industry is here. Yeah. Everybody's here. You know, I lived here for five years, you've been here for a while. Mm. But how do you see the background of not coming from that metropolis? Does that affect your work? Not coming from London? Not coming London. from London, originally. No, not not at all. Um I guess it's harder to get in because you don't know, know anyone. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And... um no, I have. I haven't. I haven't found that. It, it would have. No, I haven't. No, it's just I've just. I moved here when I was sixteen, and so I've now been here longer than I was, you know, in Newcastle. But I still uh-huh. call Newcastle home. Um, but no, I, I don't think so. No, I think people remember you for your like your accent and your, you know. And I'm very, been a long time. I'm very straight talking. Like there's no, you, you know how I feel. Yeah. You know? That's good. I feel that would be the same wherever you were born, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I think it is. There's definitely a thing, I think, as a younger manager, if you're not in London doing the management thing, it might feel a bit disconnected. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. So Chelsea, who works for me now, she was working for a management company in, uh, in Newcastle. And she said the difference of having the opportunity to be in London mm. is massive. You know, it's... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talent that comes from Newcastle, but there's not a lot of su- support there, totally. you know. And I mean, there are a few management companies there. Um, Sam Fender's manager, yeah, he, yeah, and, and he's making it work. He's making it work. He's yeah. making it probably work. Yeah. So, you know, it can, <laughs> it can too work. Much. We're doing all but right. it, it's just, yeah, it's just jumping on a train, isn't it? Or yeah. a flight. Yeah, yeah. But also, I think what's interesting is 
the advantage of, of being up there, because I know a few managers who sort of are up there, is they actually get on new talent earlier because it's not in London. And on London, everybody's on it instantly. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like you mention a name of somebody in London and 50 million A&Rs have heard of it already. Yeah. But I know a guy who, he's up there a lot and he meets a lot of new talent. He goes to like Leeds College of Music a lot. And so he, he actually almost gets the pick of this incredible new talent. By the time it comes down to me, I'm like... Oh, everyone else knows about it. Like, interesting. So I like the yeah. fact that don't think that London is the be all and end all for talent by any means. No. Like if you were up living somewhere, Coventry, you know, Newcastle, Middlesbrough, whatever, like I think being able to tap into a talent pool that people in London are generally scared of going outside the M25, so not going to go up there unless they absolutely have to. No, definitely, definitely. <laughs> exactly. And then so, another, another positive about being a manager, I guess, that doesn't live in London is you'll probably be known so if there is someone like really talented yeah, in, yeah, in Newcastle yeah. say or they'll be like oh there's there's only three managers to choose yeah. from in, in Newcastle <laughs> do you know what I mean and then so they're going to hear yeah. about it aren't they exactly London, Sam Fender's manager must be like stop emailing me yeah. or everyone from the north all the time I know <laughs> and he's lovely as well yeah. so is there any sort of um things you're aiming for in the next couple of years with the company with VDM music, like what's, what's your kind of goals for it? Is it expansion for more artists or is it focusing on the ones you've got? Yeah, so I, I tend to always try and keep it small um, because I think that's probably why I've had kept long relationships because there has to be a, a, a focus, you know, and um, and I think that's what, what my artists like, you know, the, the attention and, and obviously getting, getting me as well, you know. Um, but yeah, I always want to, you know, expand as long as I've got the um the staff and I would never I would never expand if I couldn't give 100% to because it's a responsibility which we talked about at the beginning so yes of course I mean I'm I'm hugely ambitious so yeah I, I you know Watch out, Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to fuck over Taylor Swift? Oh, my God. That's very well. That's interesting. And um, what's going on with the artists going forward? What's, what's... So um, Nina uh, is doing festivals and um, all the summer shows at the moment. And then she is going into a writing phase. She's going to LA and Nashville. And then she is potentially doing another tour that's not confirmed yet later on in the year. She's going to be um, putting out a deluxe album and um, a few other little bits and bobs. And then coming next year with like the start of the next the next phase and and yeah we're very ambitious for Nina and I feel she's in a really really good place now we're at um, half a billion streams um, and the amazing. album only came out in February so that's sweet Jesus. so that's pretty good <laughs> that's all right <laughs> yes yes so uh, yeah um, so yeah so just you know I need to give her time to um to write and to live a bit to write about it as well she has not stopped that's you know, important. spent most of the time in a lot a lot of time in america and uh, you know it's grueling and um so yeah she's just i'm just really looking forward to our next, what she's going to come up with because it'll be good i like what you said about you need to give her time to live a bit to write because mm-hmm. that's a really like what's the word like holistic almost like maternal thing a little bit Mm. for your artists where you understand that you can't just go straight back into the studio it's like go and you know like George Ezra bugger off to Barcelona wherever he did and just had some life experience or whatever and I like that you've you think about that you're like let's not put you in the studio straight away just go and live your life that you would anybody your age would and and we'll do it but you know what even when she has a day off I, on social she's just sat in our little studio and I'm like have a day off yeah. and then she's going to me you can talk <laughs> <laughs> touche yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like when I talk when I because um, I've just had a baby yeah. 
and um, and I hid I hid my pregnancy and um, I didn't even tell my artist until uh, literally a couple a couple of months before I had oh. her because um, I didn't want them to worry and it was a really oh. important time for Nina and and I just and I didn't want the industry to you know you. There's some people that, you know, yeah, will aren't think as positive about things yeah. like that. So I thought I'll just crack on and if no no one knows and um just wore all loads of these suits and like no one no <laughs> I didn't tell the industry until it was January about when um I'd come in at a planning meeting and I went, So just to let you know, I'm having a baby in three weeks and they were like Three weeks Shut up. I was like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, What? They must what? be like, was one of those pregnancies where you didn't know you were pregnant? <laughs> one of those yeah. weird ones that you read in like Quick magazine where they're like, had ba- went went to toilet, had baby. Like, oh, must I know, I know, really I don't know. It was, I mean, I, yeah, it's just how I felt about it. And um, but your pregnancy is is personal to you, and however you want to exactly. do it. So yeah. it's completely up to and you. And I, I still did a lot that. of travelling, and I didn't want people to fuss. And yeah. I mean, I probably should have told people I was pregnant. Like, well, seven months <laughs> pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, probably should have told someone. But anyway, um, yeah. And so when I told Nina, she's like. Ah. I think it'll be really good for you because I think you're a bit obsessed with your job. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aww. yeah, so that was her response. That feels like it kind of Aww. sums up your relationship. If you've worked with someone that long, they know exactly what to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Aww. So, um, yeah, so I had, I had a five months ago, so now I'm kind of Aww. experiencing being um, running a business and, you know, being a mother. And, um, yeah, and how is juggling. that? Any different? <laughs> Well, not really. And she, uh, she, you know, I went back to work straight away. It's just, it's, it isn't. There is an adjustment. I'm not going to lie. It is a Mm. a shock. Sleep, having a child, (laughs) just just having a child is just like, what is going on? You know. (laughs) And again, the responsibility thing, you know. And um, but no, she's really good. So we're really, really lucky. And um, yeah. Um, But a week after I gave birth, I found out I was nominated for the music week manager. Yeah, and I was like, that's amazing. I'm never going to win. But I was like, <laughs> but I will win one year, just not yet. Yes. <laughs> that is it. How, how was that? Did you go to the ceremony? Or I did. You, yeah? It was amazing because um, I took my family. I got a table and just took, and took all my family, my clients. And yeah. we just, you know, we just had a really good time. And, you know, just had a good good night out. And um, my mum had the baby. So we, you know, made sure we drank. Every every bit. every bit of bottle. Yeah, yeah. Don't get your money's worth. No, for even that on table. the way on the way out, my brother and sister were like mind sweeping the table, getting the beer, and I was like, oh, yeah, the Geordies. Was like, brilliant. <laughs> no, it, it At the end of the night, night, you're like, I don't want to go home. I just want to drink and not go home. Like, <laughs> but that's it. You, you said it earlier on. You need to celebrate those little victories with the artists, but you need to celebrate those victories as a manager as yes. well. And go, yeah. I've achieved something. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah no. It it was no. It was it was good. So good. I love that. Next time. Next time you're winning it. And, yeah. and if your little girl says, I've decided I want to be an artist, mummy, can you manage me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you will be a lawyer. That's where the real money is in music. <laughs> Lawyers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I, you know what? Yeah. I've no idea. I've, I've, um, she, she'll be whatever she wants to be, yeah, I'm sure. Um, and la- yeah, so we'll see. But no, I'd probably <laughs> pass her on to someone else to manage because <laughs> a momager is just a, a nightmare. Work for Chris Jenner, they're doing all right. <laughs> That is the Kardashians true. are doing all right, so you never know. <laughs> That's Nina's nickname for me, Chris Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, um, ha- I did. Harley had a, a photo shoot uh, when she was six days old. That was a present, and I thought, oh, here we go. Chris Jenner's it's coming begun. up. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> well, on that note, that seems like a nice place to leave it. Lovely. Um, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Thank you for making time in your schedule. No I know problem. it's always crazy being a manager. But, and uh, a mum. And a mum. Thank you so much for sitting down with us and uh, good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, what an insight she's got. Vicky Dowdo, an amazing manager and just a really good human being. Uh, Thank you so much for listening once again. You can tweet us at ManageThatPod or you can get us on Instagram at the same account handle. We have got two more episodes left in this season. Then we're going to take a little break. We really appreciate all the messages, all the listens and all the conversations that me and Sophie have been having over the last few months with people that we bump into going, yeah i checked out that podcast thank you very much we really appreciate it and hope you get something from the episodes and the conversations we're having we'll see you next time on how did you manage that how did you manage that is brought to you by the mmf and sponsored by AWOL. the podcast is produced and hosted by sophie pallock and ali mccray original music by callum wiseman